On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 26 of On Screen and Beyond. Brian with you once again. And let's see, we have a bunch of things we want to let you know about before we go on to Remake Madness. And the first thing is the voting continues on uh, where the special showings of Ryan and Sean's Not So Excellent Adventure at eventful.com continues. And right now we have a link on our website where you can go at the uh, go to the website and go to the Ryan and Sean movie exclusive page. And there you'll see a connection to uh, get you to eventful.com where you can vote for your city and maybe the Ryan and Sean Not-So-Excellent Adventure special showing will be at your city. As we told you before, three cities will be selected, the top three, and you can uh, vote for your city. And if you're, you know, if you live in a smaller town and, you know, voting for yours it's highly unlikely that you might not get it to come to your city. You might live near to a big city, and you might want to vote for that city or something like that to get it to, to come to your area. So anyways, that goes on till October 31st, and at that time in November, they will turn around and have a special showing of the Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure movie, and uh, some people from the movie, possibly Ryan and Sean, and also some of the people involved with the movie will be there. So you might want to check that one out. And let's see, what else do we have coming up? Oh, yes, on the interview segment of this episode, episode 26, we have director Alan J. Levy. Now, Alan has done a tremendous amount of movies and TV shows, and some of the classic TV shows that he's done is like uh, The Incredible Hulk, The Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, JAG, Magnum P.I., E.R., and the list just goes on and on and on, and we go over that in the uh, the actual interview itself, and you can check all that out. But Alan uh, talked to us for a while and talked about uh, how things went and are going on different shows that he's worked on, and uh, we hope you'll listen to that. That's coming up in a little bit right here on On Screen and Beyond. But coming up first, we have Remake Madness next, right here. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, they're looking to remake Red Dawn. It's a retelling of the 1984 Patrick Swayze film about a group of teens trying to protect their homes from a foreign invasion, and you can look for that in 2010 for a release. And, of course, you never know what will happen with these movies. It's uh, They may happen, they may not. Uh, depends on what goes on. But that's what it's looking at right now. And the 1979 film 10, which starred Bo Derek, is headed for a remake in Remake Madness, and it's about a middle-aged man who meets a younger woman while on vacation in Mexico. Mexico. And then we're also looking at a movie called The Grabbers. It's a remake of The Treasure of Sierra Madre, which uh, is in the works. And the original was made in 1948 by John Huston. And in 2011, you can look for Buck Rogers, which over the past 80 years has been remade and retold and been in comic books and TV and movies, and most recently on TV and in the movies, uh, with a uh, remake with Gil Gerard. So uh, that was done in the 80s. So that's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, what's coming up for upcoming movies? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller 
that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. All right, rumored upcoming movies. It looks like Eddie Murphy stars in a film called A Thousand Words. It's about a man who learns he only has 1,000 words left to say before he dies. And that's a 2009 release. Also in 2009, look for Mel Gibson to uh, star in Edge of Darkness as a homicide detective that he's playing. And he's investigating his daughter's death and finds more than he bargains for. Also, Nicolas Cage and Pierce Brosnan will star in The Ghost in 2010 from director Roman Polanski. And it's about a ghostwriter who is hired to write the memoirs of a former British Prime Minister and he uncovers secrets that endangers his life. And also Harvey Cartel stars in 2009's Chaos. It's about the lives of two lovelorn people whose lives cross paths in New York City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's sequels. Going down to Sequel City next on On Screen and Beyond. Welcome to Sequel City. It looks like Pirates of the Caribbean 4, as we mentioned in an earlier episode, is in the works. And it is rumored that Johnny Depp will be getting $56 million to play Jack Sparrow once more. Quite a bit of money. All right. And Lethal Weapon 5 is moving along with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover returning as the crazy mismatched pair of cops. And Get Smart 2 is now rumored in the works. And after the limited success that it had in the first movie, of course, the second was inevitable. And it looks like Police Academy 8. I lost track after four, but eight is in the works, and they say the story is not yet determined, but uh, then again, Police Academy never uh, had a prerequisite for any kind of story anyway, so uh, that's something to look forward to. And coming up next, we'll talk about TV on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD. Well, Wall-E, the Disney hit movie, arrives in stores on November 18th. November 25th, a few days later, Fred Claus, starring Vince Vaughn, hits stores in time for the holiday season. Hancock, with Will Smith, swoops into DVD land on November 25th, as does Meet Dave, starring Eddie Murphy as an alien in New York City. And finally, The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, arrives on DVD on December 2nd. And that's about it for movies on DVD from On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we have our interview with director Alan J. Levy. And that's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is director Alan J. Levy. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. You have done so many classic TV shows that it's, it's amazing. I was just wanted to go over, you, 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 like The Invisible Man, Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Incredible Hulk, Battlestar Galactica, Simon and Simon, Falcon Crests, Airwolf, Magnum, Columbo, Quantum Leap, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, Dr. Quinn, Hercules, Jag... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, ER, I mean, and, and that's just, just a few. How did you ever 
do so many. I mean, and these aren't just normal TV shows. These are huge classics. Uh, did I do all those? <laughs> I, I, okay. I think you did. Did you? <laughs> Sometimes I don't remember. You know what? It, it, it was a lot of, a lot of luck. I, I was at the right place at the right time. And uh, one of the things that I've always valued in filmmaking is when you have a family. And so when I was with almost every one of the shows that you've uh, enumerated, we became a family. And so I enjoyed going back and doing more and more. I mean, I did uh, 22 Jags and uh, uh, 17 uh, Bionic Women. And, and you become part of a unit and part of a family. And it, it, it just becomes easy to go to work because uh, you're joining your, your best friends and the people you spend more time with than your wives normally. And uh, you have a wonderful time. But it, it, it's a lot of luck, believe me. Um, there's a lot of talent out there. There's a huge amount, and I've been extremely fortunate to, to work and not to have too many holes in that work schedule. Like I say, it's just amazing. I mean, these are just, these are the cream of the crop. I mean, <laughs> these are top shows. Um, uh, did you always wanted to be a director? Oh, always. I started at 15. I made my first film at 15, 15? which today is nothing. These kids here that are making films oh, yeah. at 8 and 9 and 10 and 12 years old, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the only difference was is that I didn't have the, the, the capabilities that everybody has today right. of going out and, and buying a, a, a small camera for $100 and buying videotape for $5 or $2 an hour or whatever and editing systems at home. Every, all these kids have editing systems mm -hmm. that were, are far beyond what I even imagined when I was a kid. I, you know, I had to buy film and buy cameras and so on. But I started very young and I always wanted to do it. And um, my dad just asked me one favor when I went to, to college. He said, you know, get a degree in something that you can fall back on because you're going into a crazy business and you're going to need it. And I did. And I got an engineering degree and then I, uh, then I, I was still making films then. I came out to L.A. and I lucked out. I got a job and it, it happily mushroomed into more jobs and met more people and was at the right time, you know, at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Any regrets about not going into the career that you, you got at the college? Oh, none whatsoever. <laughs> no, no. I've had too good a time. I, besides that, I met my, my wife on an interview, and I would have never met her if I was an engineer. And I, I could have never supported her if I was an engineer uh, in the way that she's used to anyway. Yeah. But, um, uh, no, I have, I have no regrets about my career whatsoever. None. I've had a wonderful time. And I've worked with some incredible people. Yeah, I'm sure. Jeez, I mean, half these, half these shows had some very talented actors in them. Oh, and nice people. You know, uh, you read the rag sheets and you read the newspapers and you only hear about the ones that have negative stories. People don't realize that, that 99 out of 100 people in this industry are terrific people. They're dedicated. Um, they are hard workers. They support their families and so on. And it's just been, it's been an absolute delight. Yep. If you had to pick one show that you've worked on, is there any one that was your favorite to work on? Well, I must say that Magnum P.I. was the best tour of duty you could ever have. Hawaii uh, would be hard to take. It's not <laughs> difficult. You know, you, you could work 12 hours a day and there was an hour of rain shower at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, like, who cares? Yeah. You're in Hawaii. And yeah. the, the crew was great. Uh, Tom is still a good friend. We see him all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me, as is most of, was most of the cast. And we just had a terrific time. And I was lucky. I did three shows a year. I did the opening two hour and the Christmas show and the closing two hours. So three times a year, I was over in Hawaii for three to seven weeks. Wow. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a tough job. It was really really tough to to have to get on an, an airplane first class. Oh yeah. And, and go over there and, and, and direct that show. <laughs> now, what about? 
as far as challenges, were there any of those shows that were more challenging than others? Oh, I think the, 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 the pilots and the movies that I make were more challenging because you're not going into a situation that's already been set up and proven uh, where the characters know their character, the actors know their character, where the scripts are of a certain genre, where the exec producer basically lays out the genre. When you're doing a pilot or when you're doing a motion picture, a, a, a movie of the week for television, you're creating it. You're creating the characters. You're creating the ambiance. You're, you're creating whatever style there is to the show. And those are the biggest challenges. And they're sometimes the biggest pleasures because you're ending up with a product that is more your product than when you step in as a director or a policeman on a show that already is, is fairly well set. And you have to keep everything in the same line. You do. Yeah. You do. Or you should. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, you know, yeah. you don't have a character go way out of whack from what he normally is. Yeah, That's... absolutely. You know, I mean, you, you give a director, I mean, you give a, a direction to an actor who knows exactly what their part is, what the relationship with their, with their other characters in the show, how they're supposed to react to situations. And you come in from the outside and you give them a direction that is totally anti to what they are used to. They look at you and go, um, you say action and cut and print and I'll do the acting. So when, but you said you did on some of them, you did the first two-hour shows and things like that. So yeah. then, really, you were setting the pace for all other directors on in the future pilot, episodes. Yeah, yeah on that's the, pilot. the, the pilot, the pilots, and the movies of the week are the most fun and the most challenging. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. The pilot to the Hulk, we had to establish what the Hulk was all about. We right. had to not only tell the story. Ken Johnson wrote both. But there were two pilots made on the Hulk back to back, two two-hour movies. And that was the pilot. It's the only time, I think, in the history of television that two pilots were made simultaneously, almost simultaneously, back-to-back. Ken Johnson wrote them both. He directed the first pilot, which was the creation of the Hulk. How did the Hulk become the Hulk? And then my two-hour that followed that, which was part of the four-hour pilot, was, okay, now what's the series going to be about? How does the Hulk interact, and how does Bill Bixby, uh, Banner, how does he react in the world, in the society? What's, what is going to be the ongoing week-to-week uh, presentation of the show? Yeah, that was another classic that uh, just, you know, just sticks around, and they keep remaking now in movies. Well, that's true. But Ken Johnson, who, who uh, um, created the Hulk and he created Bionic Woman, and he, was, uh, he, he first wrote for Six Million Dollar Man, he's a genius at taking cartoons and making them realistic television shows. And those were two that had heart. Bionic Woman was not Six Million Dollar Man. Six Million Dollar Man was about a, a, a bionic man. The Bionic Woman was about a woman who, who integrated with society, interreacted with society. She was somebody that everybody loved. And it was a human story. Um, the Hulk was a human story. It wasn't a story about right. the Hulk. It was a story about Banner and how he was dealing with a society and trying to find... Uh, the, you know, the, the the one guy he was chasing all the time, and the situations that put him into into transforming into the Hulk. So it was a very personal story. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Now they've been remaking a lot of actually a lot of the shows that you you have worked on. Yeah. And um, how do you? I mean, in, in my opinion, yours is the the epitome that they have to strive for because it never seems that a remake reaches what you remember from the the original shows. But how do you feel about when they re- remake a show? Well, I tell you, there's a difference in the in in how the television shows are made today. Um, when I did those shows. Uh, television was more television. It was smaller screens, no mm-hmm. high definition. Uh, <clears throat> there were scenes that lasted for three and four pages where people sat and talked. Or, and today, every episodic show, every one-hour episode that's on the air is a mini-movie. It is as good as, as a feature film and sometimes just as complicated as any feature film out there. So what they're doing today is they're making... They're not copying it. They're copying the character right. as a basis, yeah. and then they're creating a much more modern and up-to-date filmic version of the same thing. doesn't bother me at all. I, I'm very proud that I was able to do something that people realized had a future yeah. and could be recreated in today's world with a much more uh, modern look than what, what, what we did. I'm yeah. proud of what we did. Oh, yes. I'm mm-hmm. proud of what they're doing now with Bionic Woman and Battlestar Galactica. The new one is fantastic. Um, the Hulk movies were just total cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any particular incident that sticks in your mind that, you know, behind the scenes that uh, you could tell us about on any of the shows? Anything that was, you know, unusual, not, not you know, bad or anything like that, but... Well, there's a funny story with with Peter Falk, and I was exec producer and, and co-exec producer with Peter on Columbo, and I directed a number of them, and we were we were great friends. Well, Peter came in, uh, his wife, uh, his wife's name is Shara, and of course Sandra, my wife, and we were casting a Columbo, and uh, so Peter and I decided we wanted a certain star, and as soon as the tower at Universal heard who we were casting. They said, you, you don't want that kind of trouble. I mean, my goodness, the shows are difficult enough. You don't want to hire in. And both Peter and I said, yes, we do. So we said, okay, fine. So I went into Peter the next day and I said, Peter, I, I have an idea. This is a story about you and your sidekick, police, policeman sidekick. How about Sandra playing the policeman? It would be different. It would be a, a, a female policeman. And he kind of looked at me and said, oh, no, I, I didn't quite uh, see Sandra in this part. I said, okay, fine, and if that's the way it is. He says, no, no, I'm sorry, but it didn't work. So we had a conversation, and I start toward the door, and he said, oh, and he says, I have an idea. And I said, yeah. You know, our lead, I won't mention his name, who was playing the part, but he was terrific, and we had such a wonderful time. And anyway, he said, for, for his girlfriend who becomes his wife, um, how about Shara? And I looked at his wife, and I looked at him, and I said, and I said, I said, Peter, I really didn't see Sharon in that part. And so I walked toward the door and opened the door and walked out, and then I came back in Peter-style. And I said, oh, one more thing, Peter. (laughs) If you want me to call Shara, think about Sandra. And he said, okay, if you call Shara and she plays the part, Sandra can have the part. I called Shara. I had my hands full. I had Peter. I had that guest star. I had I had Shara, Peter's wife, and I had my wife all in the same show. Um, that was so you were walking the, on eggshells the whole time. I, I'm sure. You know, the tower called me and said, "Are you committing Harry Carey here?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I I know you have to get going, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, one more, just one more question: When sure. you were growing up, and you've done so much TV. 
What was your favorite shows when you were growing up? Oh, my goodness, there were so many of them. I, I think the dramas, the uh, Playhouse 90s and uh, the Westinghouse Playhouse and um, uh, all, all those live dramas were the ones that fascinated me because this was live television. And um, it, it, it was amazing what they were able to do when... Um, oh, the, the great fight story. Um, watching live television... I, I watched all kinds of television, though. I mean, The Rifleman, I yeah. watched all that stuff. And my father came in to me and he, when I was in my teens, and he said, Alan, how can you watch all this junk? And I turned to him and I said, because I want to know what not to make. Because I watched all the good ones and all the bad ones. There was no favorite of mine because they were also, uh, they're all classics yeah, oh, today. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I still, in the afternoon, if I'm home and I'm working and I... I'll tune on. Uh, I'll turn on and and tune into Lucy. I mean, it was all of those shows were absolutely brilliant. And yeah. we don't have we have a different genre of shows today. Right. Oh yeah. The yeah. comedies are terrific. I really didn't. Uh, Schlitz Playhouse. All those those shows were they were extraordinary. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and I want to thank you for all the hours and hours and hours of fun and television and escapism that you've given us over the years. I want to thank you for watching, because if you didn't watch, if, I, if everybody out there didn't watch, you know, I'll tell you, this is one of the few places where I can go around to some of the people and say, you were five years old when I was making Bionic Woman, and, and, and they go, yeah, I was, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. If it wasn't for the people out there, you know, I wouldn't have a job, and uh, it's, it's, it's been rewarding and fun, and and. I haven't quit yet. Oh, no, no, no. I know that. <laughs> I realize that. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a pleasure, and it always has been. Sandra and I, we've done 14 shows together. 14? Yeah. Wow. I've directed her 14 times, and, and I enjoy it because it, it's really it's the only chance I have to be the director in the family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Well, I want to thank Alan once again for taking the time to talk to us. He, he's done such an incredible amount of uh, directing of classic TV. It's, it's, it's just, you know, I could listen to his stories uh, forever because he's just, I'm sure he has tons and tons of stories that he could tell us, but uh, time just doesn't allow for that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we want to thank him for taking the time to talk to us and um, maybe sometimes we'll get to talk to him again. Who knows? But uh, once again, I want to remind you that you can still vote to have the Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure at eventful.com. You can vote on it to see if they can get a special showing at your city, local city, or in your area. And you can do that by going to onscreenandbeyond.com and click on the Ryan and Sean movie exclusive page. And there we have a link. If you scroll down, you can see where we have a link that uh, you can vote and see if you can get them to come to your city for a special showing with some of the people who were involved with the movie, possibly Ryan and Sean, who knows. Of course, everything depends on schedules and everything. But uh, that's all coming up, and you have till October 31st to vote. So you might want to get uh, going on that, get your friends and relatives to vote and uh, see if you can get them there. And uh, also the premiere will be coming up uh, along with uh, those special showings in November because the movie will be coming out uh, in uh, another month. So uh, hopefully you will check that out. So that just about does it for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. We hope you'll join us next time for another interview and some information about... Uh, 
movies and remakes and upcoming sequels, TV on DVD, movies on DVD, and uh, we'll have probably another um, uh, review of a DVD that's coming out or another review on a movie or something. You might want to check out the website also. I want to remind you about that where you can check out reviews of movies that are coming out. And that's all on onscreenandbeyond.com. We hope you'll join us there, too, and uh, maybe take our poll at the bottom of the first page. And uh, very shortly, we'll be having a redone look to the website. I just uh, haven't gotten around to have uh, everything combined and and, and changed and everything like that. We've got uh, some things going on, and uh, we hope to get uh, the new website look out there for you. And that'll be coming up very shortly. So until then, this is uh, Brian. Take care.